Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Kevin. Hey. And John. Hey, hey y'all. Today we're going to be talking about the upfronts, we're going to be talking about copying versus inspiration and art, we're going to be talking about a brand new King's Diversity Race tool and what that means. But first, let's start with the fact that, yes, Daredevil is back. They're making brand new series, seasons really, uh, but they call it series because basically some things are changed canonically uh, for Daredevil on Disney+. Plus. So that got me thinking, what TV shows would you guys want to bring back from the dead? Jonathan, let's start with you. A lot of shows had their run and they were great and they, you know, finished like Star Trek Voyager. It'd be great to bring back all the Star Treks from our childhood. Of course. Um, but one of them that definitely did not get enough sunlight and time exposure is Gargoyles. So yeah. I got to bring it up on every Star Trek or every uh, <laughs> Geek Freaks recording. Uh, but yeah, it'd be awesome to bring back Gargoyles. And I think it's a perfect show to bring back because, you know, it's animated and it only had a short three seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. So there's not too much that you can't, uh, you know, build a new story around it. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think it would find a better audience today, too, where there's more of an adult animation audience, more so than there mm-hmm. was in the 90s. What about you, Kevin? I've been preaching for a new Stargate show for a while. Stargate Universe didn't really do it for me, but Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis were so, so good. And with Amazon, I think they're still in the process of buying MGM. If they were to ever bring back a Stargate series and put it on Prime, I think it would do pretty well. Yeah. That's that's what I've been itching for. I'm a sci-fi guy through and through, and Stargate is right there with Star Trek for me. I don't think Amazon has a sci-fi series right now either, which everybody seems to want something like that in their corner. They all want a fantasy one in their series right now. So that would be really, that, that'd be smart. I'd be on board with that. Yeah, I didn't uh, even think about it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, for me, I want Quick Draw. It's a, a series that was on Hulu. It was a Hulu original. And it was a Western, but it was fully silly and a lot of ad-libbing. And I like when ad-libbing is done properly. So just kind of give you an idea of what the show felt like. You'd have this shootout with, you know, whatever these people going on, like a regular Western. But then you have like two people behind a rock debating um, the, you know, legitimacy of photography and crime scenes, fully ad-libbing the scene. And it was just so funny to watch these guys just kind of keep going on. Or they're like at the coroner's office, leaning over dead body. And they're like, well, I don't know. Should you eat out of, off this dead body or not? And no, no, no. It's like a whole thing. Um, it was really fun. And uh, just totally ad living and had no budget. You could see like the gunfire was just like post effect, you know, Adobe flash uh, inserted on top of it. It was it was a blast to watch, though. So quick draw on, on Hulu. It only had two seasons. It deserved so much more. It was a lot of fun. All right, as for Geek Freaks Network, guys, season finale of Outlast Podcast is going to be on Thursday. Come join us, hang out with that. We have a new interview, A Disney Mom's Gone Wrong, Trek Freaks, and Round 3. Do we have new pushing buttons as well? Uh, Yes, we should have pushing buttons this week. Okay, and new pushing buttons as well. Uh, So so much cool stuff coming out for Geek Freaks, guys, as expected. Also, join us on stream. We've been streaming uh, different games. uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits is amazing. (laughs) It's really good. Um, and then, uh, my suggestion at the end of this, uh, will be another game that I had already streamed. So if you guys want to see what that's like, you'll check it out then, but you'll have to wait till the end for that. All right, let's get into the news. This week we've had upfronts. Uh, do any of you guys want to explain what upfronts are before we get started? Um, it, to my knowledge, and I, it's very limited here. It's basically where companies show off what's coming up the next pilot season and what they've got going on on all their networks yes they try to sell to advertisers essentially that's the key yeah the key is that we're not the audience 
advertisers right. are the audience, stockholders are the audience. And so when you guys hear this stuff, what I like about it is it's not like necessarily what's flashy. It's actually how the steering of the company's going. So you actually know what's coming out, not necessarily what's going to get delayed a hundred times. That feels pretty good. Disney definitely did the, the best so far, I think, this year. Um, you could tell they're starting to kind of make it a, an actual fanfare event. So we had a lot of things. Uh, let's start with that new She-Hulk trailer for Marvel. Oh, my. I watched it as everything Marvel. I watched that trailer with my wife and yeah. holy crap, it is so good. I had no idea really? that I was okay. going to be interested in this show at all. It yeah. looks hilarious. It looks like I'm actually going to care about a Hulk based character, which is going to be yeah. the first time in my life. Yeah. It, it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's Joe? funny you say that because when we were streaming uh, was it yesterday, Frank was talking about how much he hated the CGI. In it. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, I don't know. I thought it looked pretty good. It It's it might be interesting and especially like you know my wife you know being a woman loves to see a strong female lead and anything so it's like hey it might be the thing that really brings her into caring about you know marvel more than than charity did so i think that's kind of a cool bridge plus i think it looks pretty good it looks pretty interesting yeah john's so, putting like gender on this now so i sound like such a dude but I'm like, right. <laughs> i just want to care about the hulk's gonna be in this and i hear that daredevil's gonna make a cameo so i'm like cool about that uh, abomination <laughs> all the dudes are going to be really good to see no but I, the, my main concern is that the cgi on um she hulk herself feels so bad i mean it looks really rough so i don't know what there, did you guys think of that cgi there's some uncanny valley stuff going yes, on there it's there it it's almost a little creepy and like <sighs> it's because the her face looks more realistic than say a thanos or a, a mm -hmm. hulk that they're trying to get that blend. It kind of gives me the same vibes that the de-aging thing does. It's there it is. especially with like Tarkin and uh, Princess Leia from yeah. the, the Star Wars movies. It's just, you know what I think it might off. be? Yeah. It's that element of beauty too. They're trying to make her, the CGI face look pretty and you can right. make an ugly monster out of CGI and, you know, or a Thanos face. That's fine. But when you're trying to have that like emotional connection with an attractive face, I think yeah. that might be what makes it not not able to be done in CGI. It looks really weird. It looks uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it, it just doesn't feel right to me. And uh, you got a lot of, I don't know. We'll see. I do like Hulk <laughs> in comic books. So I'm not, you know, a monster, guys. It's just that. I, I hope they don't try to make it too funny, too. Like, to me, funny is what ruined Thor. Like, superheroes are supposed to be, you know, powerful and action-packed. And yeah. uh, there's a little bit of comedy in between, but don't make it like, it's just making fun of the hero because they're the well, hero for a reason. That's the problem is this is the original character that was that way. This one, Daredevil, like it's like trying to say, Dare, or not Daredevil, I'm sorry, uh, Deadpool. Like some characters were always funny. Spider-Man, always yeah. funny. Thor was not. The fact that he's funny and now you're tired of seeing funny Marvel characters is Thor's fault. But you will definitely see it in She-Hulk because she was always funny. Yeah. So mm. that's going to be tough. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. don't be like you. So uh, they're going to do a rewrite, make her to where she's not funny. And she's just a, a badass chick because, you know, we don't have a lot of female characters. We don't want to take the few female superheroes and make them the comic relief. And she could be both, you know. though. You yeah, could be a badass is, yeah. who is funny. Yeah, when true. you say, Jonathan, when you say that uh, comedy ruined Thor for you, what Thor movie? Like, when did that happen for Ragnarok. you? Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, I, everybody. Nobody agrees I with me. I, I, I'm he pretty sure all of Comic-Con defending it, by the way. I want to yeah, throw that out there. It, that the movie wasn't terrible, but Thor's character being just a funny idiot is not good at all. The Thor from the oh. first movie, especially, and the second one also, is awesome. God of Thunder Thor that you 
he earned your respect. And then later on, it's like, oh, yeah, no, he's just a bumbling idiot. What? He's supposed to be the God of Thunder. He's a little he's... bit of a frat bro. I'll give you that. He's definitely got frat bro vibes. Yeah. It's hard. It... <laughs> I respect your opinion, John. <laughs> and, and, and I get making him that kind of character fits him into the Avengers better. But standalone Thor is not that kind of character. He's very different. And I, I yeah. like the standalone Thor better. I got you. I got you. That makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That There's is actually some room the best for that. way you've pitched it. I've heard so far is the fact that standalone Thor needs to be able. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Though, get that. I mean, we're also putting him with Guardians of the Galaxy with is it Quinn, who's yeah. already he was a very funny character from his movie. So now you got two guys that are trying to fight for the funny guy spot. Yeah, I think it would have been fine to just keep Thor, you know, the powerful God of Thunder, maybe a little wisecracking, but not not so comical i don't know specifically we have like people designed for wisecracking like tony stark dr strange supposed to be a bit of a hard-ass wisecracker as well so you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need a bunch of those two yeah Yeah. and then with with uh with you know star lord he looks more serious in this next than thor so because he's talking about family and he's kind of like why are you Mm -hmm. not so they might be making him more serious Ah, which could be kind of a father and my love is lost because remember gamora his gamora has passed so mm-hmm. he might have changed a little bit because of that, which if there's character growth, I'm 100% on board of people becoming more serious or funnier from character growth. But if they're just be like, well, we need another Ant-Man, you know, something like that, something cracking <laughs> jokes, that's different. Yeah. yeah. I've always looked at the the Peter Quinn, that Peter Quinn, right? That's his name. Peter that's Quill. It, yeah. Peter Quill. Quill. P- the the Peter Quill uh, Thor relationship in the MCU as kind of a, a Dwight and Jim from the office thing. Mm. Like they're both funny individually, but together they play off each other so much better. That's yeah. the way that I've always looked at it. I can't, tell I like that version Jim, of Thor though. personally. <laughs> I, to, okay. In okay. <laughs> you might be right up until <laughs> uh, love and thunder up until love and thunder. I I've always viewed Thor as Jim and Peter yeah. Quill as Dwight. I've suggested but. it before. There's a short that you guys got to check out. They released yes. it in Civil War where it's Thor. And, and really, it set up the future of what Thor is today. This little freaking short. I swear it did. Jonathan, you have to watch if you haven't. It's what is Thor doing during Civil War? And it's about him just hanging out with his roommate and little Mjolnir. It's hilarious. <laughs> so please watch it. It is, it is set up what Thor is now. That totally did. Um, all right. So let's go back to uh, up front. Loki's uh, season two is, is beginning filming it sounds like this week really it's gonna be very very soon um and what surprised me it is the most viewed marvel series it beat out um wandavision even wandavision was second place uh did that feel like it was so dominant to you guys i I remember the like the trailers and stuff like that with the time element was really exciting so i think a lot of people probably watched because of that i think that time aspect was more interesting than the witch and black magic kind of stuff going on in wandavision in in marketing at least yeah, I, I agree uh, with the uh, WandaVision. They were the trailers. A lot of them were focusing on the comedy of the show. Mm-hmm. And I know we just got done talking about how I like comedy and stuff. I, I love WandaVision. But from a marketing perspective, I 100 percent agree with John that the, the marketing of Loki made it seem like must watch. This is going to impact the future of the MCU. Whereas yeah. WandaVision, the trailers didn't give off that vibe. I think WandaVision was fantastic, but I, I think you're 100 percent right in the fact that Loki, I think, is the beginning of phase four. Because that sparked the multiverse. The madness that we're seeing now are branches that are breaking off in the middle of Loki, or at the end of Loki. So, Loki started everything, and then we're going to go into our last thing here for, for the Marvel side of things. Uh, 
Kevin Feige wanted to make sure to push the fact that there's this interconnectivity between Disney Plus and the MCU movies. We saw it with WandaVision, where if you were to go to watch Doctor Strange without WandaVision, you would not you would be lost in who she is. And yet, if you watch WandaVision, you wanted to see Doctor Strange to see how is she going to get her kids back. And you were anxious for that. Your movies are selling your subscriptions, and your subscriptions are selling your movie tickets together. Yeah. It's yeah, that freaking synergy, good. man. They're good at it over at Disney. <laughs> Corporate <laughs> synergy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're all about around here, guys. <laughs> Check out Trek Freaks every Friday. <laughs> Other side of Disney that was really big was Star Wars. Uh, all kinds of really cool stuff here. I'm just so excited for live action Star Wars right now. More excited than I have been in a very long time. So we have this Andor series coming later this summer. So much sooner than I thought was coming. Um, that's going to be this Rogue One kind of related story. We'll kind of we'll leave that there and we'll review it as it comes up. They talked about the live action series connecting in the future. How are they going to connect? Can you kind of visualize a way all those movies would connect together? The, the same way that like Rebels and the Clone Wars also connect because they create the characters and start the arcs of these characters. They've already had Bo-Katan, who is from the Clone Wars, which takes place between episodes two and three. Yeah. As a character later on in the Mandalorian, which takes place between six and seven. So I, I think it's kind of getting a lot of the backstory of these more minor characters from other TV shows and movies to make them bigger and present their arcs for the upcoming whatever's going to happen that I, I don't know what they're going with the big like Avenger style meetup with all these characters if they're going to be trying to stop the the first order from coming into power or what the deal is. But. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm cautiously optimistic for it, though. What would you want the Avengers event to be? I'll throw mine out. Reconquering Mandalore. I think that's what it is, because so far, all of the shows have had some sort of stake in Mandalore. Um, obviously, with Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, but even Obi-Wan Kenobi with uh, Duchess Satine, that was a huge arc in in the Clone Wars, so... I, I feel like that's going to play a thing. Bo-Katan is looking for the Darksaber, which is her way to get back into power on Mandalore and to yeah. reunite the families or the houses or whatever they're called. I I agree. That's That would be it. Oh, so perfect. Um, yeah. Jonathan, what are your thoughts on this, on them creating an Avenger-style thing out of this world? I think that'd be awesome. I'd love to see how Disney's expanding on Star Wars, but it's making me think that Disneyland is too small. I think in yeah. the next like 20 years, they're going to have to build a Star Wars park like standalone. Oh, That'd be God. so freaking amazing. How can but I invest they, in this? They, right, they could totally do it, and they would sell out. They would make so much money if they could build. It doesn't have to be as big as Disneyland or California Adventures, but they could make a complete park that's just Star Wars and just shovel in the money. Yeah, you know there'd be a Tatooine area. There's always got to be a Tatooine something, so there would yeah. be a whole Tatooine area. They, and they would then re like recreate that little uh, bar that's in multiple of the movies. Yeah. And then you get like, uh, you get like fake like death sticks or something like that at the cantina. That would be <laughs> the dope. Cantina, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, of course, I'm so excited for this. And at the helm is Dave Filoni, who's the first person in Star Wars that I've trusted fully in a very long time. Uh, keep going, Dave. Let's see what you can do. And hopefully they finally make you the Kevin Feige that we need for the Star Wars side of things. Uh, we, we found a little bit more about Acolyte. It will be during the High Republic phase, and it's going to be specifically 100 years before episode one. So High Republic is actually a pretty wide chunk. But the 100 years narrows it down quite a bit. So 100 years beforehand, uh, Yoda is still alive. I believe it'll be about Pal Palpatine. Uh, Plagueis, like you were saying before, might come up for this. And lastly, we're going to be t discussing this. They said they will no longer recast 
classic characters. This is because of how bad Solo did. Uh, they're not going to recast anybody. What worries me is that means they're probably going to use more of that de-aging to bring back characters. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, John? I I don't like it. I mean, it's okay, but it's it, to me it's not necessary. If you really yeah. if you really have to have like a short cameo with that character, then okay, use it for you know a minute scene or something like that. But for a character that you're going to continue to have, you definitely don't want to do that. I would just write the stories around the characters that we might have had a glimpse of in the past, but you know, can be or, or develop new characters that you've heard about, but never actually seen kind of stuff and, and have new actors playing them. Cause yeah, de-aging's just, it's great technology and it looks half decent sometimes, but I wouldn't want to rely on it. Yeah. I think the end of Mandalorian season two was the best amount, like the perfect amount of de-aging. Like it wasn't a well, wasn't a well done job. I think we've seen better. Of course we've seen it in Man- in Boba Fett, but it was just like, Hey, yeah, guess what? This is Luke Skywalker and he's out. We don't need yeah. too much, but Boba Fett, we got a lot of it. And so you're really able to watch the odd movements. You know, it's that, that uh, She-Hulk thing coming back. What'd you think, Kevin? I, I, I really wish, and I think you said this on TikTok. Uh, I really wish that people would have given Solo more of a chance. Like yes. the first time I watched it, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I really thought that they perfectly cast all of the characters. It's just, it didn't seem like a very well fleshed out story yeah. to me. That was the my problem with Solo. It wasn't the actors at all. Well, okay, maybe one of the actors. I didn't care for the character of Kira, and I mm-hmm. really, I, I forget, I'm going to call her Daenerys. I don't remember her name. Uh, Emilia Clark. Yeah, I yeah. don't really care for her acting very much outside of in Game of Thrones. So, yeah, I thought they really did Han Solo, and especially Lando, justice in that movie, oh, yeah. and I wish that other people would have given that a better shot. Donald Glover was fantastic in that movie. Uh, yeah, and then I like the idea of these like morally gray characters working together. That was what that world was setting up that we didn't get any more. Like Han Solo is that. He's a morally gray character. And then you had a bunch of them. Woody Harrelson's character was fantastic in that movie because you're sitting there like, are you a good guy? Are you a bad guy? Can we trust you? That's what I want. I don't want to look at somebody's lightsaber and say, red, bad guy. Okay. And then, you know, mm-hmm. let's get a little bit more deeper into these characters. You have an awesome world and you just keep showing the black and whites. For, for my big concern, too, is with the de-aging and using CGI to bring somebody back to life. I, I have a bit of a moral gray area on that because it's like, these people have passed, let's let them rest in one way. Also, who's mm-hmm. getting paid for that role? Because I feel like if you're going to use my face after I'm dead, then you better be paying my family at least. And you know Disney's not going to fork over cash for nothing. It brings yeah. You're about to kick up a whole storm of what does that mean? And I think we better... Play that one safe and keep it quiet. Yeah, I think that's something that maybe they should start like looking ahead right now and have people, if they really do want their character to live on and their face to be used after they pass, put it on in paper now. Yes. So that after you pass, they can continue to use it. And these are the terms, like my family needs to get 20% or whatever so that, you know, they can feel okay doing that. But like, I don't, if I was an actor and I'd passed, I wouldn't want somebody to be using my face after yeah. I died. Like that's, it's trying to like resurrect you from the grave, but you know, it depends on your character. If you're a really, you know, important character of the story or you were really proud of that character and you want it to live on, then maybe you'd be okay with that. Uh, let's go on to Paramount here. We'll go quick over these next week because they were pretty quick ones. Uh, Paramount's big thing is they're bringing back, they're bringing in some new shows. Uh, they got, they're going to make Wednesday just reality TV shows, which if you guys are Outlast podcast listeners, that means that day is going to still be Survivor. They're going to be renewing that thing for a long time. 
Uh, but they're also bringing on this show called The Real Love Boat. Um, they got Beavis and Butthead. They're making they're making a Beavis and Butthead movie as well as as well as rebooting the series. Uh, that's going straight to Paramount Plus. Um, they have 1932. It's an and they have another one actually. I just remembered. It's six 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 six. Two new spinoffs for the Yellowstone world. Um, those are going to be going to the Paramount TV series or uh, cable channel. Uh, we'll go. We'll switch over to CW. This is where Daniel will be excited. They're doing a prequel to Supernatural. <laughs> Oh gosh! A prequel? <laughs> they, prequel? I don't know why Supernatural has a cult following too. They have their they own do. little conventions and stuff. It's, it's not even like... little, Jonathan. They're big. They're like Star Trek. No, level. they're. Oh my the, god, that's so I've, weird. So I've also seen every episode of Supernatural, and I oh, wow. loved the first six seasons of it. The last nine. The last nine, he said. <laughs> the last seasons. <laughs> not the just last like the season last was good. Following, yeah. it's a huge show. Yeah, seasons seven through fourteen. I don't know why they existed. Yeah, I, Daniel used to try to explain the story to me. And he's like, "Well, okay, so God's sister," and it's <laughs> like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's so freaking ridiculous. And he's like, and then he's like, "Well, they got two more seasons to go, but God's already dead, so they're gonna be doing this." And I'm like, hold on, what's bigger than that story? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so it's called the Winchesters. It'll be following uh, their parents, uh, and it will be new actors, so it won't be Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which is the reason I would watch it. Um, Walker Independence. It's going to be a prequel to the Walker series that came out last season. The thing that we're going to be talking about is Gotham Knights. It, it is confirmed still in development and it's coming out 2023. It's going to be a mid-season release. So it's going to be around January, February 2023. It's going to be a series following, not the game, but uh, Batman dies. Gotham needs to be protected. A lot of the children of Batman villains team up to be a new superhero group. This sounds cheesy. I'm sorry. It's the CW. <laughs> it is cheesy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of great villains, but what would the villains' kids be like? That could be totally different. Like, I get a real Riverdale vibe kid, from this thing, you know? Yeah. Where it's just like, we're like, just going to well, use a name that's popular, Gotham, and make a whole fucking yeah. high school drama out of it. Yeah. Feels like that. It's not even part of the Arrowverse, which is silly because Arrowverse oh, is established. Are they finally going to reboot the Arrowverse? They're okay. Start over. I didn't want to talk about this because it's a sad <laughs> day for over. us. They're killing the Arrowverse, actually. Ah, uh, see, it's, they've been listening to me. Thank no, you. it's just due time. It's not because it's bad. Yeah. It's because it's been out for 15 years. Everybody's finally coming to an end. But CW did make sure to say that we are still in the superhero business, so we're going to still be making those shows. Just different so, superhero shows. So that's sad news, but that may be accurate. Then maybe this is them beginning a new series of you know, it could shows be. that are going to tie together a new, you know, DC superhero world. And Riverdale itself is actually being is actually ending as well, which is another one of their big shows. So mm. we might be seeing a reboot to the old, entire uh, company, which I wouldn't hate that right now. They need it. Yeah. Lastly, we got Warner Brothers uh, Discovery. It's a combo company now. Uh, their big thing is that there's a new spinoff to Scooby-Doo called Velma starring Mindy Kaling. Uh, it got some backlash online for people who are idiots. But really, this is a really cool uh, new version of the Scooby-Doo world. It's focused on like the detective work, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Mm. Would you guys want to see a Scooby-Doo spinoff? What do you think on this? I think it'd be interesting. I mean, I'm thinking like a Sherlock Holmes, but there's a dog in the background. <laughs> there's a dog like in the background. If you get that, that you know, high logic detective work, that might be, might be more fun. Yeah. There's also a Gremlins animated series. It'll be a prequel to that. There's always prequels, guys. Um, and then there's, uh, they said that they're going to be keeping the streaming platform separate for now, but he just assumed they would merge. They're keeping HBO max and Disney 
or Discovery Plus separate. Um, overall, Warner wanted to make sure everybody knew that they are stepping up as the fifth major broadcasting system. So we're going to see a lot of content coming from them. So if you think of Fox, CBS, Fox, by the way, didn't announce anything. They were duds. CBS, ABC, and NBC. Warner Brothers says that they're taking the fifth one. And they're going to make sure to, that they're as dominant as everybody else. So, my, you know, Ma uh, uh, HBO Max, Discovery Plus, your HBO show, and then everything they own, which is like Food Network and stuff like that, all going to do quite well. Uh, they're gonna be they also own TNT, TBS, True TV. They have all uh, yeah. those. So TBS is good. Which, I like TBS. What big shows does Warner Brother have that are keeping them afloat right now? They, well, they own everything on HBO. So Peacemaker, mm -hmm. the new Game of Thrones spinoff. Uh, they have they have some really good um, new Batman series coming up that are really interesting that that actually seem cool. So they do have quite a bit mm -hmm. actually holding them up. I just really hope they don't kill off my All Elite Wrestling. They're not owned by uh, Time Warner, but they are big partners with Time Warner being on TNT and TBS. So I really hope that Discovery doesn't. They've already axed a bunch of people at the top of Time Warner that were big into wrestling and trying yeah. to get wrestling onto those networks. And the future doesn't bode well for AEW on TNT and TBS because of this. Yeah, A and W. Scary. A and W. That's not AEW. <laughs> I love A and W as well. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I feel like they could stand the test of time though, because they're they're not like WWE where they have to be big and you know you got Vince McMahon walking in with his arm swinging. I think I think AEW's gonna do just fine. I, I'm if I were to get back into wrestling, it'd be definitely because of them, not because of anybody else. The only reason I really brought it up is because when Time Warner and AOL merged, that's what killed WCW back in the day. The difference being that Warner owned WCW, whereas they don't own AEW now. They're a uh -huh. separate entity. That's the only, that's the key difference that'll save them, I think, in the long run, if the, it doesn't work out very well with them on TBS and TNT. Would they go streaming if they did that? Would they, like, stream their own games? I, I think they'd go network shopping. I okay. think they've proved their worth to some extent that they could be on a network, whether it's a sci-fi or, no, they wouldn't go sci-fi. That's owned by Universal, which WWE. Oh, don't, don't do that to me. Hey, look, you can be part of the Arrowverse. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of already were they had some crossovers with uh steve amell and yeah. uh, cody rhodes and steve amell were doing some things together but yeah <laughs> i remember when they were doing that because that, that's when i started paying attention to it for a half a second <laughs> i was like oh shit look green arrow <laughs> dope. all right uh, next thing we'll be talking about is there was an article put out by kotaku which is kind of a if you guys read the article it's hilarious i'll link off to it on our website um they're both basically talking shit about ign the entire time in the article it's really worth watching uh, but IGN has ha has their own show, show right now uh, where they have indie, indie developers compete for $50,000 to actually fully develop their game. Uh, the show is called Rogue Jam. Rogue uh, Developer is the one that's putting up the money for it. And Kotaku's just talking shit the whole time. It's like, oh, it's overdeveloped. They keep doing these commercial breaks. There's no commercials. It's streaming for free. But they keep doing this thing <laughs> where it's like they have it's sad how many like big good names they have in gaming on there. But they have like Reggie, right? Who like will be like, well, I didn't like this commercial break. There's no commercial. And they come back and then Reggie repeats his line. And then he keeps talking shit about something or whatever. It's really bad. But on this thing, one of the games that the hosts really like is a clone of Link's Awakening. They even say like, oh, the fans won't like this, but this is really inspirational. It's really cool. It's really neat. And but but all the fans have been hating on it, saying like this is straight up. You guys just remade Link's Awakening with some small tweaks, 
that's not that's not fair that you're going to make money off this money should go to nintendo so that's what we're going to be discussing because ign and kotaku both came out to say that's how inspiration works you take something and you improve on it so kevin what are your thoughts on this if you're an indie developer how far are you going before it's straight up copying somebody else i think until there's a lawsuit honestly um, yeah nintendo will i think that, that, that out. <laughs> Yeah, that's what draws the line. And if Reggie was around and saw that, he might have a thing or two to say about it, even though he's not with Nintendo anymore. Right. But honestly, I think if you're if you love a game so much and you're an aspiring indie game developer, the best way to do it is to try to make something you love. Yeah. And if you go in there knowing full well that like if the people that made the game are knowing that the people that play the game are going to hate it because it's too much of a copy of something else and maybe change it after the fact but i i don't know if you make the game your own and it just looks like uh link's awakening then i don't see what the big deal is yeah the movement everything is pretty much the same the big change is in gameplay they actually do change how you're doing some things to where it's like the way i look at it is like say you're playing minecraft but you're like minecraft is great but what if i had this thing where uh, instead of mining for everything, I keep finding chests that have diamonds and stuff. And instead of mining, so you change a key part of the gameplay. Is that enough? Everything else is exactly Minecraft. Jonathan, what would you think about that? Yeah, it, it's it's stealing. I mean, obviously, if you make it too similar, if you're directly copying it, because you know that's that's what the other fans were playing that game for, and you're just you know copying it all and changing minor things. I it's the kind of thing though that you either have to have a metric, a way you can measure how similar they are to each other, uh, which, I mean, if you're copying, like, the code, then that's obvious and it's easy, but if you're not, then I think you have to take, like, the people's voice uh, uh, and determine, like, it's holding two pictures side by side and saying, do these look too similar or not? So it's, they'd have to play it and actually determine, like, is this the same game or is this, you know, different enough to be considered unique? Um, but yeah, that's, that's a gray area. That's really hard to, to really, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's been court cases fought over this in the past. Oh, plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to like maybe discern what they used as their metrics between, you know, what's copying and not, but yeah, that'd be tricky. Can you think of a, a case where a one artist copied another artist, game development, comic book, movie, TV show, whatever, uh, and has improved on it enough to where you're like, yeah, that's fair that you copied it. You should have. Because IGN and Kotaku are claiming you can't have art without copying. Otherwise, you, would have inspira- you wouldn't have inspiration. So something can't be improved. If you can't improve off of something, then you'd have to constantly create original art, and you couldn't do that. It's impossible. So is there anything you could think of that has been, either of you guys, an actual good improvement? I've been trying this whole time to think of an example, <laughs> and it's hard. I'll start off with one. We have PUBG came out with this Battle Royale system, which really was kind of off of DayZ, really, but it, it, generally PUBG. Um, and then after that, we had things like Fortnite came out, which love it or hate it, you got to understand that Fortnite's a way better business model. It's a lot better with the, although I know players will still claim that there's a lot of hackers in there, it's a lot better about hacking. Uh, and at first, I remember very clearly me and Joe, while Daniel was pro Fortnite early on, me and Joe were like, no, that's copying, that's bullshit, you guys shouldn't do that. And here we are today, I play Fortnite far more than I play PUBG. To defend PUBG, what if Fortnite never came around? Would they have resolved their issues with the the support of so many fans who still like the game, but it has all these bugs and stuff like that, and grown to be Fortnite or something bigger? Yeah, they, they weren't really stepping up. It feels like they were 
kind of hitting the ceiling because they had so many cheaters and the development mm. team was just, they were not communicating with fans. So it felt like Epic saw what was missing and added to it and added polish, which is what Blizzard was notorious for as well. Blizzard used to be really good about that. They would take something that was working and they were like, well, let's make this as clean as possible and put out a game. You know, that's well, I, I, I'm going to take it back a little bit before the term first person shooter ever existed. The phrase was doom like because yes. it was a game that was oh, like wow, doom. Good job. Um, there are very bad examples or I should say very good examples of people clearly copying something. And obviously I, I just looked at all the pictures and scrolled through the, the article. Uh, yeah, that that's a blatant copy. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far to say rip off because that sounds like they didn't put any of their own twist on it. That sounds way more harsh. And that's just people like reaching for the, the harshest thing to say online. But like e even the game Rogue spawned an entire genre of things that were rogue likes that yeah. to this day, nobody's come up with a better name for. So uh, there you can like iterate without copying, but it's also hard to iterate without starting from somewhere that you're copying from. Yeah. So I, I, I could it's hard to have a, a clear, solid opinion on it without just picking examples of good and bad. And it's all subjective at that point until it's law. So, yeah, I just find it interesting that, you know, even the, the host of the show, again, we keep bringing up Reggie because he is probably the biggest name on the show, but all of them are defending this thing and even saying the fans will not like this because it's copying Link's yeah. Awakening so much. And Reggie was around when Link's Awakening was being in the works. So, you know, he's even saying like, they won't like this because of this. And, and, you know, big publishers like Kotaku and, and IGN are saying, trust us guys this is fine it's how art works and yet yeah when you look at those images you're like yeah but i mean that's just straight up the same level <laughs> you know it feels it doesn't feel earned uh, you know it's it's real tough even in podcasting for example the format that we're using right now it's been done a million times guys it's you're there's something here you're finding the reason you're listening to us hopefully you, that you're listening to us and enjoying it is because there's something you're finding here that you're not finding elsewhere and if somebody copies us which i you know i'm sure has happened you know, hey, hopefully you find so you you found something missing and you created it. Um, it's tough. It's a tough one though, because I I keep thinking I, to me I keep thinking of like Minecraft. There's been so many Minecraft clones that I have played and some have been good, you know, but they're freaking clones. The same same thing. So, um, any other examples you guys want to throw out there? Any other opinions before we move on to the next subject? I, I'm just trying to think of like artistic rights. Like I know we go to the. Uh conventions and we see people who make art like if, if you like yeah. avatar and you draw a picture of ang you know writing Appa or something like that and you sell that you're selling it with the the benefit that avatar existed and that little sketch you made is not i mean it's unique but it's based on a character that you know you should owe rights to the creators of that uh or you know owe, owe a percentage of it so like with this game how do you if you're making it based on something else, like you're saying, you know, it's got to have some kind of inspiration. Yeah. But anytime you're following somebody else's inspiration, you should be paying them for their inspiration, right? Like for what yeah. they did and laying the, the groundwork to get you to what you're doing. So if you're making something based on somebody else's content, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we it's not written in legal terms with certain parameters, probably where we can say, oh, no, you have to because you use the same shade of grass or. Your sword makes the same swishy sound when you swing it in the game. But yeah, this should be, 
even on a regular basis, things that we don't see that uh, being an issue, it probably should be, I think. It's a real gray area. So what we want to do is want to hear from you guys listening. Let us know on our socials. Hop in our Discord and let us know. The game in question is called Misplaced. M-Y. Okay, it's a Y instead of the I. Misplaced. Uh, and it is copying, copying Link's Awakening. Not only can you read the article that we're talking about here from Kotaku, but you can also check out both games and really give... And you can watch that Rogue show, Rogue Jam. It is very overproduced. You could tell IGN is really trying hard on this one. Reminds me of the old days of, like, Spike TV. They're really trying hard. So, um, but check that out. Let us know what you guys think. If it is fully copying or if it's just inspiration and what is the difference between the two? Because it, it's, it's something that could be debated out forever. So, all right, we're moving on to the next thing here. This one, we always got to mention Blizzard at least once. We got, we got Gargoyles in. Now we're going to Blizzard. Uh, <laughs> Activision Blizzard's company, King, has worked with MIT to create their King's Diversity Tool. We'll call it that. It's got a full thing. Uh, that's... The, the intention is to make sure that all their characters are as diverse as possible and that they're not missing something based off their own bias. So I want to clarify that they're going in with good intentions on this to make sure they're not missing a, a, a diversity issue because they just didn't think about it because of their own bias. If you guys look at the tool, it basically ranks different aspects of a person, race, gender, uh, body type, all these different things. It ranks them. And then you hear, you hit certain thresholds. So they use Overwatch characters. Uh, first reactions off of this, Kevin. What are you thinking about this tool? I, it's hard because I can see what they're going for. Yeah, they could have put a little bit of effort into it. Like, yeah, how do you rate things like that? Yes, like where on a scale does where's the baseline, and is the baseline what everybody thinks it is being? I'm, I apologize in advance. You might have to edit some of this out. Yeah. But is the baseline the straight white man? And if so, is the the line coming out from it on everything? How far from straight? How far from white? How far from male you yeah. are? How do you have a slider on gender identity without marking what things are? Yeah. And ethnicity, like what's the default that they're basing things off of? And I think it's pretty clear what the answer is and they don't <laughs> yeah. want to admit it yeah. yeah and then not only that not only what the base is but okay then what's the value that you're adding to that off the base right. that makes like so I, i'm looking at right here we have uh the three main characters that they use in the intro and then they have a big one for anna these are all overwatch characters by the way we'll go off of we'll go off of torborn because he's going to be the easiest one off this so he gets high rankings for age because he's an older character he has a high rankings off of ability, which they mean like excessive. You know, he, he's missing an arm, so he gets a high ranking for that. But he gets a low ranking for sexual orientation because he's straight, uh, and culture because he's from what Finland or something like that. He's Norwegian, um, and low ranking for ethnicity. So then, you know, oh boy, it's tough to walk all over this, guys. But where do these numbers come from? Who's who's rolling the dice on these numbers? It's all. In creating a non-biased system, you are being biased <laughs> Super <laughs> in a biased. lot of ways. I would get if they were, if they were to say this uh, zero point or whatever, our, our base of comparison is either based off of like the global population or our fan base. We base it off of the players that we have that play this game. We do a, a census and it's like, okay, we have, you know, 10%, you know, white females, you know, 38% white males and then all the smaller subcategories or, you know, other genders and stuff or, uh, races. Mm -hmm. And 
they could extrapolate their data based on that. But again, then that's still, it's almost guaranteed to be a vast majority of white males. And I get their goal isn't to serve the white males. It's to make sure they have a wide spectrum of diversity. And, and not missing they cover any all particular bases. niche that they're yeah. not thinking about is the key. But yeah, setting your zero point, like you guys are saying, that it, what is that based off of? And like, what is enough diversity? Yeah, like, yeah. It's all very controversial topics that I would maybe work it in the background of your game and not tell anybody about it because that's it's going to be a touchy topic for sure. This article was published by Activision Blizzard, by the way. It wasn't published yeah. by somebody who found it. No, it was oh, by God. the company. That's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. It's them bragging, saying, they hey, were guys, we're being all inclusive. But it's like, well, is this inclusive enough? Yeah. And <laughs> what do you think is, so is enough? If it's, their goal... I'm sorry. If their if their goal is to try to see what aspects of this chart they're missing, and in turn not create tokenism, like not create the token gay character or they the literally token use not that term white the character to, to try to steer away from tokenism, yeah. they yeah. are literally making token characters yep. to fill their charts. Yes, yeah. it's such a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. If if you need a chart to tell you how diverse you are. Maybe just hire some diverse people, like have some diversity amongst your well, story hold on. and character when we're hiring, creators. Let's flesh out our chart, guys. Once <laughs> <laughs> again, so really rich coming from we're, we're three white yeah, dudes talking about yeah. other white dudes that are, that cater to other white dudes. That's just <laughs> sorry, I, folks. I, I understand the the hypocrisy of what I'm saying, but at least we're not like making a chart of our listeners and saying, "Oh, hey, we've got." A show for this kind of pe person, a show for this kind of person. Yeah. We create content that we like and we shape it around stuff that we talk about just because we're already friends. But and and when you when you plot your characters on the chart, how do you determine, you know, the character's hair color? Or where does that put you on the gay scale? Or the, <laughs> you know, abilities or body type like how do you determine what a feature of a person how what that ranks in your scale? That's that's like literally I don't know. That's a big problem. Well, that's like with the body type one is, is the one I keep looking at as somebody who might be on the scale body type wise, uh, would be on the scale <laughs> body type wise. Um, they have it like they have for um, Zyra's character. She's or uh, sorry, Zara's character. She's built big. But then if you put mm -hmm. like Roadhog on that character too, he's got the same markings. And so you're like, okay, but Roadhog's like, you know, he's very overweight. And so yeah, she's oh, you're just saying like, <laughs> well, they're not thin. So then they're far on the marking. Well, then what's the equivalence between her being super strong and him being overweight? Why are those two equivalent yeah. then? There's, it doesn't make no damn it's because, sense. Because as a woman, she's expected to be thin and, and light and not full of muscle. And, and he's supposed to be Maybe like if he's... Hulk strong. Yeah, he's just supposed yeah. to be big. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, this yeah was published by Activision Blizzard themselves. Proud of it with their work with MIT. Yeah. Um, and then to go off of this, immediate reactions online were like, what the fuck is this, guys? Why would you publish this? This is terrible. So everybody right. was bad about it. Including... Overwatch developers that were like, don't say that we use this on our characters. We do not. <laughs> so yeah. Overwatch developers are like, what the shit is this? Please don't make us use this. This is not something we use. Don't tell people we use this. We don't. Yeah. So Overwatch characters, which they're using because they're proud of how diverse they are, were developed without this tool. And they're using yeah. Overwatch characters as, hey, this is the tool we're going to use for the future uh, development. And so, Jeez. yeah, the, de the devs themselves were like, what the shit is this? Please don't put this on us. Um, 
So do you think this was just them trying to sell this new tool they made that they want to like sell to other game developers? No, no, no. Okay. They're trying to sell it as like, look how cool we are. We have this new tool. It's a PR thing. It's a PR thing, uh, yeah. Which again, the intentions are good. But what's so, what's so funny is, okay, the article they put out has a bunch of mm-hmm. like, uh, if you guys you know keep up on articles and news and stuff, like, there's like the edit it, editing, editing part at the end. They're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. people were mad. So let's edit this and show our intention a little clearer. So it has a few of those for the Activision Blizzard version. And then as IGN, MMO Champion, all these other companies have followed this, they too have their own edits after their articles saying like, <laughs> look, we want to make sure to be clarified because, and I'm sure, so heads up guys, we might have said something wrong in this. And if we did, check out our website. I'm sure I'll throw something in there about editing in it. But the, everybody who touches this piece of information is backpedaling because they're like, it's such a touchy co- conversation. And the fact that like, <laughs> Blizzard's like, check this guy, check this shit out, guys. We scienced it all. We got this. We put down. numbers on everything. Yes. Oh. <laughs> We're so advanced. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, don't let us know your opinion on this, guys, <laughs> on the social right. media. Go back to the copying and stuff like that. But uh, I just wanted to, to bring this up because I, I wanted to start a conversation on this and figure out why, what were they thinking? And Good intention doesn't go all the way through. You, you, you just can't put numbers on everything. Um, it very, it felt very corporate of them too. Was like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll map this, this out. This only makes sense if they're not using it as PR. Like maybe somebody snatched it, and like, oh yeah, this is gonna look really good, right. but they were an idiot. But to use it in the back door and and in your game, sure, that's that might be helpful. But making it fine-tuning it getting it to you know work really good or whatever and then selling it to other you know character creators and game developers and stuff like that so they could use it as a tool for their games to you know for the positive to make sure they're all inclusive and not gonna get a bunch of heat online um but yeah to use it as a bragging tool or you know as a pr thing to your audience i think it's just stupid yeah yeah so if you guys want to read about that we'll have it on our website we're going to have the original article and then some of the follow-up articles because i think reading the follow-up articles on this has been very interesting we're going to have that all on geekfreakspodcast.com check out our website every time there's a new episode of any of our shows comes out say you're not necessarily subscribed to disney mom's gone wrong for example you'll see it there and maybe it's a certain movie that you're interested in so you don't necessarily want to be blasted every time something new comes out but you're like oh i really like snow white you can listen to that one same thing with trek freaks if you guys are haters of star trek check out cat's paws the latest episode that came out and (laughs) (laughs) it is a whole lot of talking shit (laughs) and so you can check that out um let's end things off today with some suggestions is there a movie tv show anything like that you guys want to suggest for everybody to to watch or listen or play Mm. it was in the notes i can't think of anything right now (laughs) oh have you guys been watching halo i actually just picked up halo again i'm on i just finished the second episode It is good. I'm loving it. I know there's, I'm sure there's plenty of people online that don't like it. I know a lot of people don't like the the female character that's in it and stuff like that, but I'm loving it. It's it's good so far to me. Yeah. I hear that they don't use much of the aliens, though. The Covenant. Yeah, I figure that'll be later on once they're on the Halo ring. Uh, on the Halo, but... Yeah, right now it's all about yeah, right trying now to they, find the they, Halo, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, but <laughs> Picard was really good. Um... It kind of like tapered off at the end to me a little bit, but it was it was still it was good. Yeah. Uh, and what was the oh oh Strange New Worlds? Of course, is, <laughs> we have is fantastic. There's the other gargoyles that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who yeah. listens to our podcast are like, okay, guys, we get it. There's a new Star Trek out because <laughs> we talk about it on everything, and it is so perfect. I keep waiting for like the other shoot of. Okay, let's just real quick. 
Did you guys uh-huh. all watch the third episode? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. What do you guys think about them making number one um, genetically perfect, basically, or changed? Yeah. She. She. Yeah. She was that different race, right? Yeah. From that. Illyrian. Yeah. Illyrian. There it is. Uh, Illyrian. Yeah. As long as they didn't just do it for the sake of the one episode. Yeah. Then, then it's good. Like I, I loved that. I w- did not know that I was a Rebecca Romaine fan Dude. until this episode, honestly. <laughs> uh, so. Right. 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 Yeah. I forgot she was Mystique. Show. I didn't know she was Mystique before this. And then somebody put exactly. up a thing and then I'm like, oh, that's yeah. right. I've liked her before too. Okay, cool. That's good. <laughs> exactly. I love that they have different <laughs> we need to bring I love that they have different backgrounds and stuff as long as they don't make a chart. Yeah. About the do we need to check out the King's diversity tool? Right. Let's double check. <laughs> Rebecca so Romaine, where do you lie on this? Oh man. Um all right. Yeah, so I, I think it I think it's fine that they, they changed her character so much. But when you make a big change like that, it'd be terrible to make it just for a single story. Yeah. Just to shoehorn this thing in. So they have to kind of go back to that every once in a while and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, she's a little bit different because of that. Like, oh, that makes sense why her medical charts were so confusing or something like that. Because, you know, that's why she's never been sick before. And, you know, whatever. Just touch on it a couple more times so that it feels, you know, worth making that change. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, oh boy, I, I threw it up on Twitter too because I'm so emotionally invested in this show after three episodes. Um, the fact that she's like doing her own logs and then she deletes them mm-hmm. at the end. There's like that pause right beforehand where you're like, come on, just keep them in the files. Let Federation know. Like, you know, like Federation's not listening to her necessarily, but then she deletes it and it's like, man, she's still in hiding and it's just, oh, you're so freaking connected to that character. And then, okay, God damn it, this is going to be, I tell you, we just need to do a Strange New Worlds podcast Keep an eye out for it, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's going to probably happen. Um, the pattern buffer secret with the daughter. Oh, heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. It's so good. I, for- I forgot that. Explain it. What Dr. are you talking about? Dr. Uh, Momongo. Momongo. I think that's it. Mbenga. 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 Yeah. He had his daughter in the, uh, the pattern buffer of the transporter because she has a terminal illness. Oh. So she okay. has it, he has to like restore her every now and then to yeah make sure she doesn't degrade or what science that. yeah he reads her books at <laughs> night he reads reads to her each yeah. night which is like which is so when you think about it like okay she's in the buffer so she's safe but he brings her back which means the cancer will say is progressing when she's back a little bit but he still wants to be able to read to his daughter every night so there's that that like calculus in his head that's like look I know it's progressing right now but I need to be able to read my daughter every night. And then she lives in the pattern buffers. Oh, can't freaking wait for that to be explored. Perfect show, guys. Check it out. Uh, all right. On my side, let's just get to, uh, we got a new game that I streamed for the very first, it came out on the 17th. We streamed it on the podcast, on the stream so you guys can check it out, called V Rising. You play as a brand new vampire, well, a re-risen vampire, and you're trying to conquer the lands around you. It's an uh, online game, so you play with other people if you want to. Uh, you can avoid them. You build. You it's really neat. Check out the pod, uh, Check out the stream, guys. It was a lot of fun to check out a brand new game like that that kind of came out of nowhere, which I love when a game does that. It's how Apex Legend was. The other thing is we just retweeted Disney put out a post of the shows and movies you should watch before uh, Kenobi, which is going to be coming out next week. And on that are some Clone Wars episodes. So please watch those, specifically those Clone Wars episodes. If you're not familiar with Clone Wars, they are the Satine episodes. So there are a lot of Mandalore uh, what did Obi-Wan Kenobi do with Mandalore? Stuff like that. So check that out. We retweeted it, uh, and it and it's on our uh, Discord as well, so you guys could get ready for Kenobi, which, by the way, the next week of Geek Freaks is going to be 
super Star Wars focused. We're going to do a top five Star Wars thing. We're going to be talking about Kenobi. It's going to be basically a full Star Wars episode. I cannot wait for that. That's really smart of Disney to do that, to do that connection too. Like, I wonder if on Disney Plus, I'll have to check if they're going to have like a, a field, like one of the, the columns or whatever, that is just like pre-Kenobi Star Wars or something like that. The That'd ones you need great. to watch. That's a smart move. Yeah, so you just, just, just click it and it'll play through all the stuff that you need to get caught up with. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, you, got, you got any suggestions out there, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ozark Season 2 or Season 4 Part 2 just dropped a few weeks ago, probably yeah. a month ago almost at this point, but I forgot all about it. So I'm watching that right now. Can't recommend it enough. I haven't gotten to the end yet, but I, I hear some mixed things about that. So I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 just came out of early access on Steam last week or the week before. It's been in early access for a little bit. If you're into Metroidvanias, you're into mm-hmm. roguelikes, uh, this game's for you. It, it looks super smooth, a lot better than the first one, a lot more smooth, a lot more t- tighter controls and the customization and the abilities of the, all the characters are more varied so there's a lot more fun to be had in my opinion check out rogue legacy 2 on steam it also has a multiplayer feature this time right like i think that's a big part of it this time around oh i'm not sure about that honestly i believe that you work, did not you know work with friends to like to take out stuff and together so i think there's like oh okay yeah. i didn't i didn't know that cool because i was watching a trailer for that uh on super rares so yeah it's it was over there um, oh, you're talking about Rogue Heroes. I was talking about Rogue Heroes, I guess. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Check Different out Rogue game. Heroes, guys. It's really good too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pre-ordering that. Are you ASAP? Yeah. The the physical version of it though from of Super Rare, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I think I am too from them. But yeah. All right, guys. Thank nice. you very much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Please join all the Geek Freaks channels. We actually just put up pushing buttons on the Geek Freaks feed. You guys can get a little piece of that and then follow them for the most modern episode. All right, take it easy. You guys have a great week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.